Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Casey Locker Room Talk. I am your host and your favorite Kansas City girl, Kennedy Bright. Today's not a traditional episode. It wasn't exactly on the plan. Oh gosh, for me to even do this. I know you've already read the title, of course, but it is April and it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And I'm already, for the past weeks or so, more like a month, have been in a really bad, I don't really know what to call it. I've in, been in a really bad headspace and I haven't really been okay. And so I figured if I'm already not okay, it doesn't hurt me to have to re-talk about these things in these situations, seeing that um, I'm already dealing with them and not okay with them right now. If that makes sense at all, it probably doesn't. There's no need for like necessarily a trigger warning. I will not be talking about my situations, the assaults in detail or anything like that. I'll just say like, oh yeah, and then I was assaulted and leave it at that. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, not only because I don't want to trigger anyone, but I do not want to make anyone uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about it like that myself either. So there's that, but I will give a trigger warning if you were the kind of person that for me, I'm this way, just hearing someone else's pain since I have experienced it or hearing how people were treated, that does trigger me. So if you're one of those type of people this can in that way do it but it won't be a trigger warning as in I won't be going into detail about things if you are watching this on YouTube you will see me look down because I had to write this out I feel my story is very important and powerful not just because it's my story or because it happened to me but because there's so many myths so many beliefs around sexual assault and they're just not true I was a person who believed them I wasn't one who believed like girls outfits or anything like that she was drinking that wasn't my thought process but I've always lived my life in this very bubble. Um, I literally did not drink a sip of alcohol until I turned 21. I didn't do anything. I didn't go to parties. I lived this life on a straight and narrow. So no matter how good of a girl you are, I was on the college dean's list. Like it does not matter what kind of life you live. Um, these things can still happen to you. And that's why I think it's important because I was a person who didn't believe that. I didn't believe those stupid myths like about girls' outfits and stuff. But when it came to it's a stranger. Things like that I always believed and those things aren't true and so I feel like my story does have some power and some say because it's not the case. I'm still to this day trying to process everything. I'm still to this day trying to deal with it. As I always tell people, it wasn't necessarily the assaults themselves that left me feeling how I feel to this day. It's actually how everyone handled it and how everyone treated me afterwards was the worst. One of the guys I will talk about in the story who I was talking to in the middle of the assaults in between them uh, he actually reached out to me at the end of February and want to apologize for his part in it, which we'll discuss and everything. I think that just really re-triggered me. And since then, I have been off my rocker since the end of February. And I finally figured out this week that's what it was. It threw me off. I began to have nightmares again, weird dreams. I became very emotional and making some choices that I probably shouldn't. And I realized it was that. And so I figured maybe talking through this and feeling like I'm giving myself some power back, some voice, this maybe can help. I did come out in December about my story on TikTok, like briefly, and a lot of people wanted a story on it. So here you go. Um, this is supposed to be a fun place, the locker room, but said in the locker room, stays in the locker room. But today it's not a fun topic. I can't say I want to be you guys' big sister you didn't have or have you guys learn from my experiences if I don't want to share. I grew up in a family where you don't talk about these kinds of things um, and literally the only people who know about this is my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad, and my great-grandma and my nana. That's it. Those are my mom's grandparents and my mom's parents who know. No one else knows. I get they maybe want to keep it some privacy for me, but at the same time, it kind of made me feel like I should be ashamed or it was my fault and they were embarrassed. My sister doesn't. My sister talks about it with kids at school all the time which actually makes me feel very thankful that I have her. It lets me know, even though, of course, she says it's not your fault, like it lets me know that she understands it's not. I will get straight into the story so that this is not super long. We're going to try our best to condense this to a straight hour. So let's just get into it. Just to give you an idea of how the timeline goes, at this university, I was assaulted, sexually assaulted three times. That's what we're going to go over today to give you an idea of how the story is going to go. To give you a backstory, my college story in general is a crazy interesting one. We will talk about that, a different topic. But I was at one university because of some NCAA rules with my learned disabilities. Basically, I had to attend a non-NCAA school for a year because I was diagnosed with my disabilities after I graduated high school. And to make sure I wasn't trying to cheat the system and have like, you know, free extra time and things like that, I had to attend um, a non-NCAA school. So I went to this one university here in Kansas City. Everyone knew I was leaving from the beginning. I committed to Missouri State University. 
I will say what school I went to, I didn't when I was on TikTok, but then they tried to report my video. And so to make sure that my voice is heard, I'm going to say what school I went to. I went to Missouri State University. Um, I committed there to run track and girls on my team at the school I was already at, uh, they jumped me. I now have a TBI, a traumatic, traumatic brain injury. If you don't know what that is, I have permanent damage to my eyes. These are specialty glasses that I cannot live without. I had to go to physical therapy. It made me not know my learning disabilities. I was getting all my letters and things mixed up. It kind of felt like I was going back to a kindergartner. So I, I struggled a lot after the concussion. So when I transferred in January of 2018, I wasn't able to run. I then got into a relationship with a guy who's on the basketball team. And just to give you an idea, when I had to talk to Title Nine about our relationship, just to give them a backstory, that took literally two hours. So we will not go into our relationship. Just know it started off verbally abusive, like easing into it. It's kind of like how to say, how do you boil a frog? You put the frog in water and you turn the heat up and the frog doesn't know it's being boiled. That's kind of how it was. Little slick comments and it became like, emotionally then it became at the end it was physically physically abusive right before it ended and that's when it ended he did something that was very um unforgivable something that put my life at risk so I was done with him that was it that's in the backstory of a little bit of me and his dynamic here's the assault it is June 10th and to give you of how special this day is it's actually my dad's birthday so every year on my dad's birthday, I am reminded of one of the worst days of my life. So the day before I was with my friend, um, her name is Lauren. Lauren's very important in this story. Um, I'm giving everyone's names different names, um, but her name's Lauren for the story. She's very important because at this point, this is now June. I've known Lauren for about a month, hung out with her maybe once or twice. We are not like really best friends, but she is the one person who stays and supports me the entire time. And Lauren was also an athlete. She was on the volleyball team. So I was hanging with Lauren and I look and I find out that my track coach is leaving. Now, mind you, my coach, he was very good. I picked that school out of the other ones I was choosing from because I really wanted to run for him. He was getting girls were dropping times fast. It was the program I need to be a part of. And so that was very hard. I felt like my life was already turned upside down. Um, and that was the day before the assaults happened. So I'm already all over the place. I'm laying in bed was cleaning my room and I get a FaceTime call. It's 127. I still remember. And it's my ex. And I'm like, hello. And I could see, I recognize the staircase he's in. He's I'm at your, um, are you at home? I'm like, yes. He's like, I'm in your building. Uh, open your door. And I'm like, okay. So I come outside and my roommate, we'll call her Jennifer. She's looking at me like, why are you looking like that? And I said, blank is outside. And she's like, what is he doing here? Because she knows like what has happened. Uh, and I was like, I don't know. I'm in shock. I let him in. He's acting weird. He's kind of like, he, like, kind of like a psychopath. And so I'm like, what's going on? Um, He's talking about like the things that went on between us and our relationship. And it's like, yeah, you know, I was ready to come back and I was really ready to kill you. And I was like, I'm going to kill this girl. And the way he said it, like, I was like, what the heck? So at this point, I'm like, yeah, like, this is not what I'm feeling. So long story short, he um then assaults me. I remember I then was sitting on the floor and he goes to the bathroom. He comes back and gives me um, paper towels to clean myself up, like throws it at me. And then he's like, he stands over me and he goes, well, you know what? Looks like this is going to be a great summer we're going to have. See you later. And first of all, he's just never that kind of person. He's not a cheery kind of person. If you know him, he's just really blunt, like just stares. Like he doesn't even like smile. He don't even laugh. So when he's doing this, I'm like, what the heck? He doesn't shut my door all the way and I push it shut. I turn all the lights off. I run to the bathroom on the floor and I already had text Lauren when he first called me and was like, oh my God, he's at my place. And so like, so she face sounds like, wait, what does he want? And so I kind of like fix my face. I'm not, you know, trying to cry. And I just like, oh, he's just, you know, like whatever, playing it off. But my roommate had texted me. She said, hey, are you okay? And I didn't know why she had said that, but I find out later she told me that, when he left the room, like had this evil smirk and smile on his face and he was laughing and like humming as he shut my door and was walking out. And she said like she just felt weird about it. And that was just like, what's going on? So she knew something wasn't right. And that's why she asked me. We are now to the second guy. This is the same day. That guy, he was transferring to our school because our basketball coach had got fired. And he was transferring to our school. And I was friends with some other girls as well. I was friends with girls who were on my team. 
And then I became friends with some other female athletes because my friends on my team were from Canada. So in the summer, they always went home. So I was friends with this other group of female athletes and they were really good friends with the basketball team. And so this new kid, he came and visited. We all got to meet him and stuff. He got everyone's social media and was all hitting us up and asking like, oh, what's advice? We were all getting to know each other. And so he was like, oh, yeah, bro, I landed and stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. And he said, like, he comes from, like, a very poor family. And he, like, his stipend didn't hit. Like, he just got there. And he was like, I don't have a comforter. And he didn't have towels and washcloths. I was like, oh, I have extra ones because, like, my Nana's super bougie. So I had, like, multiple of everything. I was like, I can bring you um, a towel set and I can bring you um, an extra comforter I have. And he's like, oh, thanks. I head over there. He was acting weird, really funny, really pushy. Like, he was or something and um then I got raped so I leave my first instinct is actually to call my ex because I got, I'm ready for somebody to you know handle him and I hang up like within a second because then I remember like no like do you not remember what happened earlier I'm like who the heck do I go to I go home I'm angry I go in my room of course I shut my lights off again I run a water it is pitch black in my room I then text um my roommate Jennifer and I told her what happened earlier. And I tell her what happened then. I then text my friend Fife because I will say Fife's real name because we went to one of my old schools together. But she came to America to play basketball. But her family was in Australia. And so that's where she was. And I knew she was awake based off of where she was at the time. So she was texting me back. And my roommate. And they're like, you need to, you know, report this. This is not okay. The first with my ex, I was more confused. I was trying to understand. This is confusing. What is this feeling? Because this is someone that... I was attracted to in that way. I still am, but this doesn't feel right. And then with this person, I have text message proof. Um, I was like, hey, like when I first met him and when he came the day of and days before, like just so you know, like I'm not interested in you like that. Like it's not going to happen if you're trying. I have literally messages me saying I was not interested in him. Did not want to, you know, have sex like nothing. So I'm sitting here like confused and I'm angry. And so I, I, my my mind and my body doesn't understand what to do probably because um this is assault kennedy like you it, 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 i didn't understand so i go to work the next day it's a monday and i already had my dad had me email the track coach this is very important um the interim head coach the day before on my dad's birthday june 10th so i already had emailed him he emailed me back that monday said hey thank you for your message I did talk to coach, talk about my old coach. Yes, you are still good. I was making sure I was still going to be able to be on the team with the coach transfer. He was like, yeah, you're still good. All I got to do is get your physical in the fall and you're perfectly fine. I was like, okay, thank you. And they were going to send over my workouts to do like in the summer. And I'm like, cool, thank you. So I called my dad that Monday, told him, hey, I got the email back. Um, the interim coach said I'm good. I'm still running, whatever. I'm at work the second guy and he's with a bunch of his teammates show up at my job they're just staring at me just glaring the entire time giving me bad looks I get uncomfortable I can't breathe um at this point like my parents no one knows um I then go home and I'm the kind of person that like I need answers I need you like I want you to tell me that I'm almost that I'm crazy in a way you know like tell me that this is not real so I try contacting the kid, second kid, and he's like, who are you with? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm by myself, which I wasn't in my room. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Basically, he goes to the extent of I never even came to his place and stuff. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, what? So I'm like, okay. That let me know, like, there was no confusion. There was nothing in our part. Basically, I now know that you literally knew what you're doing because now you're acting like you have no clue what's going on. I'm like, okay, cool. The next day is Tuesday. So I have an appointment set for Tuesday to see this um, guy go in. I tell him what happens and he goes, oh, wow. Yeah, well, that's a lot. Um, well, here's the thing. I am a addiction specialist. So if you have any problems with addiction, I can help you with that. But um, all, I don't really do the rest of that stuff. But I mean, yeah, we can talk about addiction. Um, first off, I don't have an addiction, just so you guys know. Yeah, I need help with like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, what, what you're supposed to, I just told you that I was raped and sexually assaulted. What am I supposed to do? Like, what are my resources? I was like, my friends are saying, you know, go to the police. Oh, well, go to the police. I mean, don't you think that's a little extreme? And I'm like, well, ain't that what you're supposed to do? I'm like, that's why I'm asking what are my resources. Someone said something about Title IX. I mean, 
I think your best bet, honestly, is going to be just for you to get over it on your own. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So I'm angry. I leave. At this point, I know I can't trust him. He's like, yeah, so you can make another appointment um, so we can talk about addiction. I'm like, I don't have addiction, so give me another therapist in the first place. At this point, I'm pissed off. I go home. I call my mom, and I say, mom, has anyone in our family um, ever been assaulted? And she's like, no. She's like, why, Kennedy? What happened? Did something happen to you? And this is the first time I've looked at myself in the mirror in three days, and I turn around, and I just start bawling. I'm just crying in the mirror. And I'm trying to explain to my mom what happened. I still don't know exactly myself what happened. And I said, you know what? I'm going to call. I'm going to message my coach. So I text my coach because my coach is actually a part of the same fraternity as my dad. And I was raised that my dad's fraternity was this prestigious fraternity that only like basically like you have to get you do have to get accepted to get in. But like they only let like the most elite like I'm thinking they doing like some serious background checks and like only like perfect people are let in. Like that's how I was raised to think about the, my dad's organization. So I'm like, he'll know what to do. He's the closest person who's going to think like my dad um, and help me with the situation. So I text my coach, told him what happened. I said, I know you're not my coach anymore, but I don't know what to do. You're the only person I know here. He asked for the guy's name, said he would report it in the morning to Title IX. So since my coach was already taking care of it, I contacted my parents and I told them that night, this is Tuesday. This is all right here is happening within a week. So I go to sleep because it's nighttime. I wake up to my phone being blown up by the Title IX department. I'm like, hello? So I'm thinking my coach has contacted them. Nope, my dad. My dad has called them. They need to get me in today. And I'm like, okay. So I go and I meet with her and I tell her what's happened. They're required to record your conversations, the town nine department. We get here, they're very corrupt. Uh, she then t- stops the recorder. So I'm like, what is she stopping the recorder for? And she goes, your dad mentioned about, you know, wanting to file. I just don't think you should file the police. You know, at this point, I've already expressed to her that I'm upset with my dad because he should let me handle it. Why would he, you know, go and contact them and stuff? So she thinks I'm on the outs with my dad. So she's trying to show like she's my ally. She's like, I think you just, it's not needed. We can handle it here. Don't contact the police. I mean, they're not going to be able to do anything anyways. It's just a he said, she said case. Like I wouldn't do it. I'm just like, um, okay. Like girl, I ain't really listening to you, but okay. And she's like, this happens a lot with athletes. And what we just do is we just basically make sure that you and them are never in the same place at the same time. So like, we'll make sure if you have to get treatment, you're never in the same training facility, which you're not even with basketball anyways, you know, this, so this is how we just handle it with the athletic department. Like, so basically you're telling me you have a problem here at this school with male athletes assaulting females. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. I then called my dad and I'm like, you know, like, why would you go and do all of this? Like I said, I was handling, my coach was handling, they hadn't heard from your coach yet. And he's like yelling at me. And I'm like, I said, I was handling, like, this is my story to tell. Like, I can't, I'm like, I would say if you deal with anyone, like give them a little bit of space to handle it, but not um, like, feel like you're taking over. I feel like once again, my power is being taken away for the second, for the third time within like 72 hours. Um, my dad's been yelling at me and stuff and was like, cause these thugs and blah, 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 and all this. So we're getting into it. And then I say, you know what? I'm done with it. I'm dropping the case. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like just stop. It, it, it almost becomes overwhelming. You already have all these emotions, these feelings. You have people yelling at me, yelling at you, telling you what you're supposed to do. My brother's upset. Like what is wrong with you? They need to be in trouble, blah, 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 blah. So I block my entire family except my little sister because my little sister is the only person who seems to have some sense to know to leave me alone. My sister also, after the um, assault happened, I text her after I text my friends and I just told her, never let anybody ever tell you that your no means nothing. Never let anybody ever tell you that your voice, you know, doesn't matter. You know, your no means something. You fight and stuff. And she just said, okay. And later she told me she had a feeling something happened when I said that. But what I always try to tell people, this hard part for me is it's kind of like if you're driving down the street and everyone knows when you learn how to drive, you press the brake, the brake car stops. They're always told, say no, no means no. If you say no, the guy's supposed to stop. But no one tells you what you're supposed to do when you say stop, when you say no, and no one's listening to your no. Imagine you driving down the street and you literally keep pressing the brake and the brake isn't working. It, like, like that's, that's as close as I can. And it's just like, you don't realize how much power you think you have in the beginning by just, oh, it's cool. I just will say no. And then next thing you know, you don't have any power. Your voice has no power. You you have nothing because literally 
I'm telling you the safe word. I'm telling you, no, I've said from the jump before I ever got here that I don't want to do anything with you. And you, st it still can happen. You know, people act like if you just say this or just say that, it won't happen. And it's, 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 it's not true. And when you find out it's not true, it is the worst feeling in the entire world to find that night. I, this is still, um, that Wednesday that I met with Title Nine that night. I then emailed them. I'm crying. I'm going through all these emotions. I'm having really bad, really bad suicide thoughts. Um, I have this pain of not knowing what to do. Do I put myself through it? Do I just shut up and deal with it? Do I, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. And I texted a girl on my team and Lauren, I don't remember which one. And I just said, like, I'm tired. I can't take it anymore. And so I wake up in the morning. I already started having nightmares, but I wake up and someone banging on my door. There is blood all on my hands, on my shirt and on my floor. And I'm drenched in sweat. So I guess I was fighting in my sleep or something. I have no clue. I go to my door and it's the police and the Title IX lady. And she's like, um, we're only allowed to come to your home. If the police are here, um, we need to talk to you. We got some emails. And I'm like, okay. Basically, um, I just wanted to meet with you to check in. And I just was telling her how she said, well, what, why did you send the email that you want to drop the case? And she seems like low-key happy, right? At this point, I don't know this lady is corrupt. So uh, I told her like what happened with my dad and how I was just really fed up, blah, blah, blah. She goes, yeah, well, he spoke with coach blank this morning. He spoke with the head coach this morning and I meet with the guys um, this afternoon and my ex is what she said. His name is on his way to his office right now. He's waiting on me like he's there. And I talked to the coach and basically he told me like he is a hothead. He um, is not a team player. He's blah, blah, blah. Now, mind you, the coach literally tried to get rid of everyone when he came to our school and want to get new people. So I already knew before the assault even happened, like my ex already told me like he wanted to leave because this new coach, he didn't like him. So I'm like, of course he doesn't have a problem with him, whatever. So she's sending me these things and it's like, and I mean, but if you want to end this right now, we can end it right now. We just have to turn in a part. And I'm just like, why are you supporting me? Like ending it? Like, I think you should have no say at all. You shouldn't be encouraging me rather to keep going or not to do it. So she still thinks I'm upset with my dad. And so then I'm more upset because I find out my dad has now talked to the coach. And this is now like the second thing he's done behind my back. And I'm like, you just keep betraying me. So I call my dad and I'm pissed off. I had to unblock him. And I'm like, dad, you talked like you, you what do you, had you talked to the coach? He goes, who told you that? I'm like the title nine lady. Like, this is my life. Like, you cannot do this. Oh, God, I'm still, I'm getting upset about it still to this day. And he goes, yeah. I'm like, well, what did he say? He's like, well, basically, he just told me, talking about my ex, uh, he is, you know, not a good player. He's this, he's that, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, he doesn't even know him. The coach has literally been there, like, a couple weeks. He's like, so, he just said all these things. He has all this stuff to say about him, right? And then he goes, yeah. And the other kid, he said, um, he doesn't know him that well. I said, huh? I said, he, the coach, head coach came from Tennessee State University. I said, when he was at Tennessee State University, I was like, he was literally recruiting that second kid when he was there. And when he came here, he brought him here. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, he's like best friends with the boy's uncle. The boy's dad was in jail. And so his dad was kind of his uncle, like his like person that helped out. He lived with his grandma and then his uncle helped like with his recruitment process. Like, like they have each other's numbers. Like they talk, they text. What does he mean? He doesn't know him that well. Like he knows that family very well. Like he's why he's here. He does a lot of stuff for this kid. So at this point, I'm like, yeah, he's something's up. It's a little sketchy. My dad said, well, he said that you had posted something. I'm like, yeah. The night after it happened, I posted about like um, just basically saying like men need to learn. Like you don't have a right with people's bodies and all this kind of stuff. So basically the boy the reason he faked like he didn't know what I was talking about was the coach told him to and he showed the coach what I had posted um on my story I said yeah and he's like well he was saying basically there's a confusion between consent I said I'm confused I have multiple text message proof where I have said the complete senses I don't like you like that we're not gonna have sex I just so when you get here if you think that like, he kind of like flirted a little bit and I was let him know like I did that like no there's no confusion in consent there's there's never a confusion like I, I made that clear and I said, so what are they telling me? So, well, basically he said what it looks like they're going to do is um, they're going to kick my ex out of school and the other boy, he's going to have to take like some consent classes 
or some I said consent classes like dad he raped me what do you mean consent what take some like classes and learn I said are you serious like and the other boy gets kicked out first off that's no justice because he already was looking at he was already trying to leave so and the coach already wants him to go it's a win-win for both of them and this kid that's the kid he wants he wants him to take his position classes I'm like and you're okay with this like how about uh jail time how about kicked out of school how about he loses eligibility so I'm getting really pissed off because it's like no one is having my back after I found that out I tried to explain to my dad without going into detail about my assaults like that that what the one kid did was way worse than the other kid like my assaults so I said I'm going to the police but I was not going to file against my ex I was only going to file against um the second kid and then it was a whole problem with my dad for that. I said, if they have the police in their back pocket, all they have to do is tell the police um, in Springfield that they're on the basketball team and the police lets them slide. They get away with every single law. So I was like, no, if their school is trying to pin it on him and let the other guy escape free, no, the police are going to do the same thing. So if the school's going to handle quotes and you can't see me, but quote, my ex, I want the police to handle this, but I want him to go to the fullest extent. He needs to be locked up with his daddy. Like, that's where he needs to be. Like, he's sick. Same day, I also see a new therapist, and I talked to her and told her about my dad talking to coaches and stuff. And she's like, well, actually, that's not um, that's not allowed. That's against school policy. Title IX knows that. Like, they literally broke a law because I did not sign um, FERPA papers saying that they're allowed to talk to my parents. So I'm like, excuse me, um, you just broke a law. My friend Lauren was like, you have to still live your life, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, you know. So this Friday, we went to this place called Club Rodeo. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. You know, get out. Like, don't hide. Like, I have nothing to hide. Um, I get there and my female, other female athlete friends don't speak to me. They literally come up to the people I'm with, speak to them, and don't speak to me. Next thing I know, the basketball team comes in and who are the two dudes? The two that assaulted me. We were told in our Title IX meetings that we are not allowed to be in the same place. Um, there's a literally a like Title IX like law at my school where whoever's there first can stay. The person who shows up second has to leave. So they keep showing up to my job all throughout the week. They never leave. Now we're at Club Rodeo. They show up. And not only that, everyone's staring at me. And then them two in particular just keep coming by me. I sit at the bar. And one of them, the second one, one, if you don't know, I'm five foot. Um, my ex is like six one or something and then the other dude is six five pushing six six so there's some big dudes compared to me i'm five foot the other one comes up to me and he hovers over me at, and i'm at the counter and i dart off and he's like comes like he's got to talk to me and he goes to my friend he goes bro what's wrong with your friend bro what's her problem i'm like oh he's definitely stupid now she's like what do you mean and he's like well why is she acting like that like what's wrong with her dude you just ha got called into the school's town nine department because you are being accused of rape and you want to know what the girl problem is like oh he's really he's really stupid that monday i'm at work again of course they show up again town nine the head of town nine calls me because the lady who's doing my investigation is magically out of town for vacation she calls me asks how things are going i told her about what happened that weekend and what happened at my job and she's like okay yeah we'll have to take care of it we'll have to talk about it and i'm like yeah, like you told me, like I have, no, like they're showing up to where I am. I'm not safe. Like, how do I know they're they're not gonna come finish the freaking job? You know. So, I go to therapy that week, and I told the therapist that I decided I was gonna go ahead and go to the police because nothing's gonna happen to the guy who raped me. And she's like, "Oh, okay." At this point, see, she's stupid. She doesn't know that the only people who know that are literally my parents and my siblings. I didn't even tell Lauren. Because, yes, Lauren is my friend and I trusted her, but I just didn't fully trust her. Not that she did anything wrong, but just she's still friends with all the athletes because she was a female athlete herself. So although, yes, she was standing by my side, I just still I just didn't know. So the only people that knew were literally my parents go to the police. Um, I have to explain to them the whole day. And they're like, are you going to press charges? Are you going to foul against the first kid? Um, and I was like, no, I just want the second one. Like I like. Like, I don't trust that you won't, you know, do anything. I already had turned all my stuff in because um, I did a rape kit. The rape kit is very important in this story. Then my ex announces that he's leaving. Everyone's so sorry and da, 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 I'm going to miss him or whatever. So I'm like, whatever. So I contact the head of Title Nine because my lady's still on vacation. I say, hey, I need to meet with you. 
what is going on? Like, what does this mean? You know, trying to figure out for my case. She goes, well, we thought you would have been happy. Basically, um, they cut him a deal. She literally said, we just told him just to leave. And that way, if he leaves, then he doesn't have to be here with you. And he leaves, you know, quietly. And we won't, you know, file an investigation. And I was like, so basically, it's like he's escaping to Mexico. She goes, yeah, it is like he's escaping to Mexico. Is this not what you wanted? I'm sorry, I'm trying not to call people out their names. I said, no, I, I, I wanted justice. I wanted him to be in trouble. What do you mean? He gets to make an announcement like he's choosing to transfer like the whole rest of the basketball team because the coach left. No, he, people need to know that he's an abuser and that he he's a rapist. He's an assaulter. Like, what do you what do you mean? So then she's like, okay, I said, so what happens with the other kid? Like, oh, and you still want to press, you still want to file a report on him? The dude raped me, yes. And she's like, oh, okay. They say that to me every single time I met with them, the entire case. Oh, you so you still want to have a case with him? They say that all the time. And we always are constantly only talking about my ex. They never talk about him. I have to bring the other kid up as if like, like if you think I'm just going to forget, I can't forget. I never will forget. So yeah, I'm going to keep asking you for updates. I, the lady comes back. I have to meet with her. I meet with her. And the first thing that comes out of her mouth is, oh, so I heard you went to the police. Well, why would you do that? Because we agreed that you weren't going to do that. So I'm sitting here like, how does she know I went to the police? Because the only people who know are my parents and my therapist. So how does she know? Right. I am very upset. I'm confused. Then I'm wondering, like, did my dad talk behind my back? Like, I don't know who to trust at this point because I feel like everyone keeps going behind my back. She then he goes, well, you know, I met with um your ex. I'm like, yeah. And he told me about you guys' relationship. And I read these messages. She has these huge stack of papers. I They're not all of our messages. I'm going to tell you why. Because me and him didn't text. We FaceTimed and Snapchatted. So she has these stacks of papers, which is bull crap. She's just flipping them in front of me. I mean, these are a lot of messages. And just, I mean, wow. I mean, like, you two were very, like, violent. And it just wasn't good. And some of the things you said, I mean, I'm a grown woman and I'm reading them. I'm like, wow, that's just very graphic. Like, you two were very, you know, and so I'm like, first off, like, girl, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not sending a man nothing in no text messages. So I know you're lying, but she's trying to, like, psych me out. A female doing this to a rape victim, a, a female, an, a grown woman. She's like, I mean, and your dad's a pastor, right? Like, what first my dad is not a pastor my dad's a minister he's a preacher she's like and your dad's a pastor right so I mean like what do your dad what do you think your dad would think if he knew about you guys relationship and he read these messages and he knew you know what went on in you guys relationship because he thinks the other guy's just so bad I'm just sitting here like what what are you trying to get at I'm like I'm I'm confused she's like I'm just saying if you keep going with this case this is what's going to get brought up and you go keep going with the police case, all of this is going to be brought up. Your ex is going to submit all these things. Like, he doesn't have anything on me because I don't say anything through text messages. You're trying to find a way to slush shame me, but nobody can ever slush shame me because, first of all, that's the only person I've ever been with at that school. <laughs> only person I talk to. Like, I keep my rep sheet very clean just for like peers' reason. And now I have somebody who is here to help girls who have been assaulted, and you're trying to, oh, bro, like, insane. What kind of person are you? Like, you're sick in the head, too. So you're going through. She's doing this. She's trying to psych me out. So I tell my dad. My dad's heated. He's like, oh, so she's trying to get you to, like, you know, not go through with it. Yeah, she's trying to psych me out and make me think that he has so much evidence and so much stuff. And he's said all this stuff about me, like, that I'm not going to, like, keep going and want to move forward with it. So at this point, I'm very upset. And I know you're now corrupt because now I know you're talking to my therapist, which is illegal. And she's telling you things about what I'm supposed to be confiding in her in therapy. And I now have you trying to convince me and put this my idea in my head that I'm some slut that anything I said, anybody you can tell my dad, I could care less minister or not. But anyways, you're trying to shame me and make me feel like I have something to hide, which I have nothing to hide. That is ridiculous. That is sad. The fact that you do, they do these things to females is just terrible because anyone else that could have just be done for the first time with the the first therapist who told me I just need to get over it myself and going to the police was extreme who says that then you have her in here interrogating and making girls feel like they're sluts for being raped making girls feel like they can't have a relationship making girls feel like things are their fault 
and trying to psych them out from going to the police or keep doing a Title IX investigation, shame on you. Do you know how many girls at Missouri State University, that's the school I went to, probably have went through this? But see, there's a thing. I'm a very strong person. You you, You can't shake Kennedy Bright, okay? God built made me different. I've been through so much crap in my life. Like, this here is nothing. First of all, I'm Black, so I'm used to having to fight for what's right. You're not going to say one thing to me and it's going to keep me down. Like, that's ridiculous. And I feel sorry for any other girl, especially I know for sure who went to my school that has experienced this. Sorry, I just went on a rant because that just really heated me. She then tells me or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, I, again, we're only talking about my ex. I then ask her again about the second boy. Oh, so you still want to go ahead with the case with him? What are you talking about, ma'am? Yes. Then she's asking me, well, why didn't you file, you know, a police report on your ex? That's none of your business. And how do you know I didn't? At this point, I know that the police are talking and so are my therapists. That's it. That's the only people that know. So this whole city is just ridiculous. She then tells me this is kind of the worst part. And I think this is kind of when I really realized how dangerous my ex was. We're going over my case. Um, continue to go over my case after she sat there and tried to interrogate me and shake me. And she then tells me that as she did her investigation, this is the first time I'm meeting with her since she met with the boys. Turned out it was planned. Um, my assaults, the the rapes were planned by them, by the basketball team. And that is why they're trying to pin it on my ex because it was a planned act. And if it gets out that it was planned, both of the boys get in trouble. And I don't even know who else on the basketball team, I guess whoever else knew and didn't do anything about it all get in trouble because they keep treating it as one. And I couldn't figure it out why, you know, they happen the same day, but not at the same time. And that was because they both planned to assault me that day. They need my ex to take the fall for it. So the other one can continue to play basketball at the university. I don't, I think I mentioned the basketball coach. He's black, even harder. You're a black man. How do you, you have a black daughter. How do you do this for basketball is it is it really that worth it that's that's crazy so at this point I stopped going to my therapist I remember she emailed me and was like hey canceled your appointment you haven't made any more never responded like I know what you're up to and I don't trust you spent my entire summer investigating cases like this on um, college athletes then hung out with my roommate and her friends and I had a meltdown that night it was a very rough night my family came and got me the next day and they came and brought me home. So I'm back home. It's now July. I haven't heard from my friends. Um, I then now find out that I'm no longer part of the track program. So after I went to the police, I was kicked off the track team. I would, um, I would check in with the police. They would say, like, they're still waiting on him to come in and give a statement. I'm talking to a guy at the time that I knew for, like, years since I was a kid. Um, we were getting to know each other, like, I guess now as adults. And I had Lauren. Um, she was still there. She graduated in that graduated that December. So she was still there. And then um, there's another kid who's going to become very important in the story who was a part of my dad's um, a, a, was a part of a group that my dad was a part of. So, yeah, there's that. It's now fall. I come back um, to school. My grandparents brought me back. I was very nervous my first couple nights because, you know, one of my assaults. It happened in my room. I was very, I didn't like it. I was crying a lot. I was, I was very depressed to give you idea of the fall. I got to a place where I did start self-harming. That's the first time I ever done that. And the day I moved back, my mom reached out to the kid who was a part of my dad's group and said, Hey, um, she's really nervous to come back. Please look out for her. Please watch out for her. And he was, Oh yeah, for sure. Of course that will later turn out to basically be a terrible mistake. I started hanging out with my cousin and her friends, because I forgot my cousin went there. Um, and so I was like, oh, my goodness. So I got to hang out with her. And she always looked out for me. And her friends were very nice, very supportive. And so basically I was hanging with, like, the black community because I was literally shunned by the athletes. I would walk down the street on the sidewalk. And girls who used to be on my team or the athletes would just cross the street as if I had, like, a disease like the Black Plague. Um, it was terrible. I then found out that my friends dropped out of my case. They that were my teammates. They said they didn't want to testify which we knew that was the athletic department basically telling them to keep their distance from Kennedy and, you know, or you're going to lose your scholarship and stuff too. So that was hard. The police then told me that 
for an update, he now has a lawyer, so he doesn't have to, he's not able to, he doesn't have to come in and give a statement. I'm like, he's being accused of rape and you're telling me he, he doesn't have to give a statement. And then they also asked, asked for the update on my rape kit and they told me they lost it. They lost my rape kit. How do you, yeah. So I always knew the police were corrupt just when it came to letting the guys get away with tickets and stuff like that. But I just never knew they were so inhumane. And I learned it at that point. But yeah, fall was really a blur. I just mostly remember feeling I could get into details about how I felt, but it just would take too long. Basically, just know I was terrified to leave my apartment. I told my mom that if I end up missing, um, that that it was my school. Just know they did. They just know they did it. Like that's how bad it was, and that's how unsafe I felt in my school. All of my teachers that I had that fall, they would just stare at me, and they would act like they knew. Everyone stared. Um, yeah, I didn't feel safe. I felt like I was gonna end up missing. And then, um, to make it worse, my ex contacted me and he let me know. Um, well, my thing is, I don't know why you filed a report anyways, talking about against the other dude. He's like, it wasn't a brutal rape. I mean, you could have just told our coach, and he just would make him run like some suicides or something. But like, you're trying to get, trying to make the dude go to jail. Like, that's a little deep. And I just want to let you know, you might want to watch out because girls like you who were poor if you ever notice like you can't find them girls again they end up missing and I'm like okay so I've been feeling like I'm end up missing and now you're telling me that I'm gonna end up missing so when he said that I kind of was like all right yeah I have a right to be terrified and I don't know if I mentioned the girls I was friends with literally were like well we don't want to we don't want to like take sides like you're our friend and so are they so like we just don't want to be in the middle of it but they stopped talking to me the other female athletes and I would go out with my cousins and them and they would all be hanging with him they would all be in his face like he's not a rapist and that was very difficult I will go to my last assault it's Halloween weekend it's October 27th and the guy I was talking to he and I we were had a pretty bad argument and he said some like really messed up things um in regards to my assault that happened um the ones that happened before I went out with Lauren and I need to get out I need to get clear my head and she brought some girls who were on the track team and I was like are you serious like this is so super uncomfortable I was drinking whatever I had a job interview the next day because I really need this job because I was kicked off the track team I have no track scholarship I have no stipend I have nothing how am I going to pay for my apartment how am I going to pay to go to school here I came here to run track we go out and all my stuff's at her house after the club they want to go to after parties I'm like no I need to go home like it's already like two three in the morning I have a job interview I need to get home all of my stuff's in her house my car keys my apartment keys everything it is a part of the same group that's my dad's in and one of the main kids who, when I came and they found out who my dad was, like, oh, bro, stay away from her. Don't mess with her, bro. Her dad's part of that group, you know, like part of their group, but a different, like, he came part of that group in a different school, basically. And he was like, bro, don't mess with her, blah, blah, like that. Like, everyone used to, you know, he acted like he was my friend and thought it was so messed up about what happened to me. So I'm like, yeah, he's like, bro, you can just crash in my place and I can take you um, back home in the morning I'm like can I really thanks I was like he's like because I'm not going to after party either and I'm like bet in the car it's me him and his roommate and I'm falling asleep because like I'm like passing out and I was drinking and I don't know where he stays I get there and I was there maybe 10 minutes and he raped me um that was the worst experience I had out of all three and the one thing I will say is the one thing I'll mention about it he literally said to me it's not like anyone's going to believe you. No one believed you about the last ones. And at that moment, I knew I was not safe at that school because it was like, wow, something that someone has done to me now means that everyone else thinks I'm for anyone and that anyone can do it and they will get away with it. And that didn't sit right with me at all. It caught me more off guard because this is someone who's a part of the same group as my father. These people are supposed to be highly um educated they're supposed to be people of you know class like they're supposed to be such great people you know how are you capable of being a rapist like it, you know it was very naive very ignorant but that's how I was raised in my dad's household like oh my god his group was the best ever and so for that experience I'm like are you serious like this just happened I didn't know where I was as I said the only two people who did was the guy who my mom told me to look out for me in the beginning 
but he wasn't answering his phone. He was asleep. And then the guy I was talking to knew they were part of the, they are part of the same group at this school. So I'm sitting here and I'm like contacting him. Like I'm at Blank's house. You have to come get me. Like I can't be here. It's not safe. Blah, blah, blah. He's answering the phone. He keeps leaving me on red and I keep texting him. So as you see now, this is more of a reason why he wants to come and apologize now because that night I needed his help. I needed him to come get me and he didn't come. So that was difficult the next day um he dropped me off at my friend's house like literally basically threw me out of the car didn't say anything I get my stuff don't say anything to my friend I go home I then tell the guy who my mom to look out for me who's in the group he's pretty high up and I said hey this is um what happened to me last night didn't tell him who because I wanted to know his true reaction he's like this is crazy like how can this happen to you you got you know rapes like what I told him who the guy was and the most messed up part of it is when he talked to the guy the guy admitted it um, that he did it and told him he's like he told me what he did or whatever like he admitted it like a like a psychopath and I was like he like he literally admitted it and I, I just I, I could I lost it um, I eventually told my dad and I thought my dad would have ran down here and made all hell loose I thought it would have been the way my dad could have got him kicked out of the organization or something I don't know they just told me just to go to the police and I'm like that's it like are we not about to you know so that was difficult for me once again not feeling protected by people that I think are supposed to Filed the police report, of course. The guy wouldn't testify because, like, the case would be, like, dead in the water if he did because he literally admitted that he raped me to him. So he was dodging the police. And I'm like, how do you call yourself my friend? And my mom literally told you to look out for me and you let someone in your organization do this and you know he did it. He admitted it to you and you do nothing. That next, that Monday after it happened, I'm getting DMs, people are coming up to me asking me, hey, were you raped by blank? Like people are literally asking me, was I raped by this person? People that I don't know, like strangers. Um, people were staring at me. It, it, it was a lot. And I was trying to figure out how this was getting around by talking to one of these girls. When the guys comes over, um, he was on the football team, but he was a part of a different organization. And so to this day, I hate this kid. And I was like, oh, don't worry, because my dad's going to handle it. I like, thought my dad was. He literally looks at me and says, oh, really? Well, when you call your dad, why don't you tell your dad you got raped because you're a hoe? You know, people saying stuff like that to me was very difficult. And um, it was some other instances where I was being harassed by people at school. I didn't feel safe to leave my place and everything. So came home and I never went back, transferred to UMKC. There was a spot for me on the team. So I joined the team. I figured they could use my help. So I joined even though I thought I was done with sports, came here not because I wanted to, because I literally had to come home. Uh, didn't tell anyone, didn't talk to anyone. No one knew what happened to me. I didn't want to make friends because who knew who, so I didn't want anyone ever finding out. So I never told anyone at my school, didn't talk to anyone, did not make friends with anybody, didn't talk to kids on my team. I want to continue to live my life just being this anonymous person. So I didn't hang with anyone. I didn't do anything. I said to myself, I did go ahead and get my OCR report, the OCR office of civil rights thought they had a strong case but it turned out being a really messy he said she said basically the tall nine department all them just i'm trying to go here live my life but because i transferred from another division one school i had to set out an entire year so i didn't run 2019 and that summer i'm getting off work i get a text message from lauren and she lets me know that hey i just want to let you know blank my ex has just committed to play basketball umkc so he transferred to my school he followed me to my school um immediately as it was announced he is texting my phone playing on my phone calling hanging up he's dming me unsending messages i did had to go to the tile nine apartment again at umkc um for him to have to leave but i found out later before he left he went and told everyone what happened and lied on me, of course. When I got into some petty something, like argument with a girl on my team, she literally was like, yeah, that's why you got raped at your last school. We probably was lying about it, but you definitely like deserved it. Like, you know, people throwing stuff like that in my face. And as you guys know, if you saw my TikTok that I posted in December, later, my best friend, the only person I would really call my friend that I trusted um, since like elementary school, start talking to friends with whatever she wants to call it with my rapist so I don't even want to get into that but as you can imagine how terrible 
that felt it just keeps following and that was literally last fall 2020 like that was the one thing I would like to say is there's one person I want to thank I don't know if he's listening but if you are you know who you are this is the person I always call my best friend so you should know who I'm talking to I'm talking to you thank you for when I finally told you you're the first person who did not ever ask me questions you're the first person who didn't make me question if it was my fault you didn't question if I was telling the truth you did not you believed me and you've been my friend ever since then and you you support me dropping it you support me fighting for it and I just I just want to say thank you because a lot of people don't realize even when people think they're being helpful how the things they say hurt you I want to go into details I will cry but thank you for supporting me and you know who you are I don't know really where to end this because I'm still there's no end I'm still working on it I'm still growing I'm still handling it I'm still dealing with it um I have been in trauma therapy since March 2020 so we're still trying to fight through it but um I just would say my only message is to bystanders um that's who hurt me more than the assaults the people who did not stand by me the people who chose to let rapists get away with things so that they could play basketball to play a game the athletic department who felt like my life my mental health my safety and everyone else's was not important enough for the town nine department to be women who sit there and bash interrogate and slut shame women just to save a school's basketball program for the police department to destroy rape kits and not help women get justice. It's the bystanders that hurt more than the actual assault. The fact that no one felt it was worth fighting for me. The fact that people felt like what I went through was nothing. Just words hurt, but being re-triggered hurts even more. I'm just going to end it here because I, I'm beginning to have another episode and kind of tired of talking about it. But I just really wanted to see if getting this off my chest might help a little bit. This is my story. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not a survivor. I'm a victim. See you guys next time.